I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to a mini episode of Cinematic Universe, the podcast that's all about comic book movies, brought to you by FilmDivider.com. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and I'll be bringing you a truncated version of the show to bridge the gap between our Howard the Duck and the Incredible Hulk episodes. On today's show, I'll give you my reactions to the comics that Seven James recommended on last week's podcast. Those were Howard the Duck issues 5 to 8 from the original 1976 run, and Howard the Duck issues 1 to 5 from the current 2015 run. But before any of that, let's take a look at some of the comic book movie news that has broken over the past week. So it might seem like all of the movie news is about Star Wars toys at the moment, and that all of the TV news is Game of Thrones casting announcements, but thankfully, for the good of modern culture, there is a bit of superhero news as well, um, and that's mostly thanks to the new TV season being on our doorstep. The last week has seen trailers for Arrow Season 4, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3, and Flash Season 2. We've talked about those shows to death, so check those out if you're into those sorts of things, and hopefully when the shows do return in the next few weeks, we'll find some time to discuss them on the podcast. Um, The noteworthy news items relating to those shows include John Diggle getting a new black leather costume, complete with a Magneto helmet on Arrow, and the, The Flash's big bad this season, Zoom, Um, They've hired a voice actor to play the part, seemingly to disguise his true identity um, a little bit more than they did with Harrison Wells' reverse Flash last season, Uh, a character who thankfully will be back in season two. Um, No new trailer for Agent Carter, but Hayley Atwell has revealed that their season one villain will also be returning in season two. Um, Dottie Underwood, an early product of the Black Widow programme, will be back in some form this season, joining the returning Atwell, James Darcy and Enver Gokaj. No news yet on who else might return, or any casting announcements for new characters such as Madame Mask, but we will stay tuned for updates there. Also busy casting is Marvel's upcoming Netflix show, Luke Cage. Uh, The show has cast House of Cards actor Mahashala Ali as the villain Cornell Cottonmouth Stokes. Uh, Simone Missick has been cast as Misty Knight, Theo Rossi as a criminal called Shades, and Alfred Woodard as a powerful politician. Interestingly, Rosaria Dawson will also return as Claire Temple, um, so it seems like that character is going to be the through line between the four series, uh, probably an ever-present on the four Netflix shows before we get to The Defenders. Um, We are kind of excited about this one, but we're going to save getting properly excited about it until we finish watching Jessica Jones. Let's take them one at a time, guys. 
Uh, Chris Evans has been banging on about giving up acting after his Marvel contract expires for some time, but now he's claiming in interviews that he wants to keep playing Cap for as long as Marvel wants him. Now, far be it from me to call Chris Evans a liar, but his pants are totally on fire, and I think he just wants to divert attention away from his character totally dying at the end of Civil War. And I won't stop banging that drum until I'm proved wrong at the end of Civil War. Um, on that topic, uh, Mark Ruffalo has confirmed that Hulk was in an earlier draft of that movie, but now won't appear because Marvel wants to obscure his location in the MCU for now. Please let it be space. Please let it be space. And finally, big behind the curtain news this week saw the announcement that Kevin Feige will no longer report to Marvel's Ike Perlmutter and instead will report directly to Alan Horn at Disney. That's a move that brings Marvel Studios in line with some of the other Disney subsidiaries like Pixar and Lucasfilm. But importantly in this context, it drastically reduces the role of Marvel's creative committee, which was headed by Perlmutter and also included Dan Buckley, Joe Quesada, Alan Fine and Brian Michael Bendis. Now, rumours have this change stemming from Feige and Perlmutter's frosty relationship hitting breaking point over the budget of Civil War. Um, with the responsibility of Marvel's notoriously stingy na nature in the past being placed firmly at Perlmutter's feet. This could have a very big impact on the MCU going forward. It could have a very small one. Um, but for now, we'll just have to speculate about what the implications could be. Because really, this is executive level stuff that is potentially very boring. Okay, let's move on now to discussing this week's comic book recommendations. Okay, so first up we have Howard the Duck issues 5 through 8 from Steve Gerber and Gene Conlon. Um, back in 1976, the original run of Howard the Duck. Um, these are all available on Marvel Unlimited, which is where I read them. And actually, um, I started reading at issue 1, because I was just like, well, issue 5, I mean, I had a little bit of time. I thought, well, I'll start issue 1 and keep going, and who knows, if I really like them, I could, I could keep going forever. Um... And I think Seb was right. I think that the the run really does start to... The book really does start to hit its stride um, a few issues in. I, th I thought the first one was particularly strange. It was kind of riffing on Conan the Barbarian. Um, it was it was funny, though. There's a, there's a villain called Pro Rata, who is like this cosmic accountant who wants to take over the universe through um, dodgy accountancy, uh, which I quite enjoyed. Um... But, yeah, it really seems to hit its stride um, around this arc that Seb was talking about, where basically it kicks off with Howard and Beverly, who live in an apartment together, who, um, yeah, there is some kind of implied relationship there, but the, the sexual nature is largely absent. Um, makes it a whole lot less creepy than it is in the film. It is funny, I, I did keep occasionally noticing little elements from the film that made it in. I mean, there is, yeah, there is quack-foo and there is, um, there is certain mannerisms that Howard has or, and things that he says that seem to make it into the film. But uh, they're all kind of like the lowest common denominator bits of this and all of the interesting stuff from the comic was obviously ignored for the film adaptation. Um, but I think we... we dived into that sufficiently last week um so this the first issue sees howard kind of trying to find fame um as a way to pay his and beverly's bills because neither of them work so they have no money um 
and um, in a fun little Spider-Man parallel, um, a character who does appear in the first issue of this Howard the Duck run and lots of the um, the uh, Chip Zdarsky Howard the Duck, which I'll get to later, um, Howard decides to eventually make money after kind of failing to launch a show of his career by going to wrestle uh, a wrestler in the ring um, and make money from it and in, in very much the way that Spider-Man does early on and... Uh, Howard wins, but is conned out of his money somehow. Um, so uh, they they end up having to move out of their apartment, and then that puts them on the road and outside of Cleveland for the next couple of issues. There is kind of like a one and a half issue arc between issue six and seven, where they find this mansion with this creepy young girl who uh, the villagers want to kill her Frankenstein style because this is an issue that's riffing on Frankenstein. Um, and it turns out she is creating a Frankenstein's monster, but he's made out of cookies. Um, it's it's very odd. Um, and then the second half of the next issue sees Howard kind of being co-opted into politics after that, after they kind of hitchhike to New York with this country singer who is performing at a um, some kind of um, political event. So Howard then becomes a political candidate and in issue eight runs for president. And yeah, and then and then throughout the throughout the final issue where he's running for president, most of the story concerns Howard spouting or espousing his political mantra, um, whilst not really caring whether he gets elected or not, but at the same time pissing off a lot of powerful people who all want to kill him. Um, so most of the issue is him being um people trying to assassinate him only for the issue to end with um, a political scandal in the paper showing Howard and Beverly in in a bath together which Howard says um, is phony um, that it's not a real image thankfully because that's that's the that's the dividing line between this and the movie Um, they they actually were sharing probably would have actually shared a bath in the movie, but not in the comics. Um, but it is a scandal uh, big enough to suppose that seemingly sink Howard's political campaign. But um, I think that continues in issue nine. This was the cliffhanger that Seb was talking about. So um, I will have to keep reading to find out whether that does uh, bring an end to Howard's political ambitions. But really what became clear to me through reading these these issues was that if anything, the storylines really didn't seem important. Like, okay, Howard's trying to stop a Frankenstein's monster cookie, or he's in in some of the earlier issues fighting a or trying to stop a villain called Turnip Man, who's been who's half space turnip, half man. <laughs> or um, there's one point where he like. Um, interacts with this vigilante called Winky Man, who is a, a guy who sleepwalks and sleepwalks as a as a like a vigilante anti-hero at night. Um, but most of it really doesn't matter because the, the plots are, I think, just comic book frameworks for Steve Gerber to spout his views through Howard and Howard. Yeah, does seem like a mouthpiece for the writer to just kind of. I mean, he he gets angry about a lot of stuff, and he's disenfranchised about a lot of stuff. Um, and um, this to me seemed like a comic that was like a, a an, 
I don't want to say it's a midlife crisis of a comic. Um, I don't know how old Steve Gerber was when he wrote it, but there, it, it, it seems like a a kind of middle-aged bloke being very annoyed with a lot of stuff that's happening around him um, and a lot of stuff that he sees in the world and kind of using this comic um, as a way of spouting all of that. Um, and and there, are, there, there are interesting ideas in here. And actually, I think what makes it not a midlife crisis probably is that a lot of it does seem to ring true and it and it a lot of it does chime with i think um legitimate concerns and legitimate frustrations um and howard is also a very entertaining character um it's almost incidental that he's a duck um it it just makes it just makes a good way for the character to feel like an outsider to to see the problems with the world around him a little bit more clearly because it's not really his world and so he can just readily get angry with them rather than just accepting them as part of the status quo. Beverly is, I would say, not much of a character other than the the girl that he happens to be hanging around with. Yeah, this for, for me, it's just, it's just a showcase for, like, listen to these interesting things that Howard has to say or listen to these interesting ways that he's deconstructing situations. Um, I think the situations he finds himself in can seem like, seem like parody. Um, and if there is parody in this comic, that's where the parody lies. It's in using the affectations of other genres to tell stories, whereas the satire is firmly in everything that... Howard has to say, um, and I think it treads a. I think it treads an interesting line between parody and satire without ever completely being both of them, um, and at the same time being a fun. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Marvel comic about a duck who looks like uh, Donald Duck in these early issues anyway, um, in his little blue jacket and his Donald the Duck face. Um, there's also there's an, in, there's an issue where, I think it's the fifth issue actually, where he picks up a comic book. Um, and gets really annoyed with the depiction of ducks in it, and that comic book happens to be um, that comic book happens to be called Quacky Duck, and is clearly Daffy Duck. Um, actually, <laughs> personality-wise, I think Howard is a lot more Daffy than he is Donald. Um, but basically, ducks are always very angry when depicted in cartoon form, um, and Howard here is no exception. Um, but yeah, I I really did enjoy this this run of comics, and I, and I think I will keep reading if I find time. I keep saying this about comics that I'm reading on the podcast, and then I find myself a week later suddenly knee deep in a different comics universe entirely, and going, oh, I should read more Batman. I should read more Fantastic Four, um, and I, I will get to reading some more of it eventually. I hope, but some more of those others as well. Um, but yeah, I did. Uh, I did enjoy this, um, and I think that Steve Gerber is clearly a very interesting man with some very interesting stuff to say. When he was saying it, what, 40 years ago now? Uh, which seems insane, but these, uh, yeah, a very, very entertaining comic from the mid-70s. Um, I'll move on now to Howard the Duck issues 1 to 5 from Chip Zdarsky and Joe Quinones, I think. Um, and this is basically the five issues of Howard the Duck from... Uh, from this year, 2015, the first issue is available on Marvel Unlimited. Um, it just went up this week, um, and the uh, following four are available on Comixology. Although I believe the the we're probably not far away from the first volume being released. Um, this is a comic that is only going to run five issues because of Secret Wars. Um, the comic will be relaunching with another issue one after Secret Wars concludes. Um, and Chip Zdarsky has a, a quite funny comment about that right at the end of the fifth issue. Um, and uh, right at the bat, I just want to say, like, Seven James or like, if you get on with Chip Zdarsky, you're going to find this really funny. And if you don't, it's going to be difficult. Um, it, it seems like I get on with Chip Zdarsky. Um, I really enjoyed these five issues. Um, Howard is a private eye and he lives in the same building as Jennifer Walters, um, She-Hulk. Not to be confused with Jessica Walter, as I almost did in this podcast. Um, she's an actress. Um, <laughs> and Howard, basically, um, he is... So, yeah, he's a private eye. And in the first issue, he is approached by um, a guy who wants Howard to recover uh, a stolen necklace ring, which was stolen by the black cat. And Howard sets off to do that with the help of... Um, um, he befriends uh, a young woman called Tara Tam, who is um, a tattoo artist um, and a bit of a hipster, um, and sets about trying to retrieve this necklace from the black cat. So he, he then gets in trouble with the black cat, and it brings him uh, into contact with Spider-Man. Um, he's then kidnapped by the Collector and spends an issue in space with the Guardians of the Galaxy, um, 
he the collector has also taken the necklace, so he's trying to get the necklace back as well as getting back to Earth. When he does get back to Earth, he is robbed by a hypnotised Aunt May, um, <laughs> who steals the necklace from him again. Um, Howard then goes to retrieve the necklace and finds that um, all... Aunt May, as well as some other old age pensioners, have been hypnotised by a villain called the Ringmaster, who apparently dates back to the original Howard the Duck run. Um, and the Ringmaster is swiftly um, defeated by a character called Talos the Untamed, who wants the necklace because it includes a gem which will help him put together a gauntlet which is not the infinity gauntlet it is called the abundant glove um and it includes two dance stones um, um and then basically they then try with the help of doctor strange to defeat talos and to get the stone back um they then enlist the help of johnny storm and then eventually in the fifth fifth issue uh, enlist the help of all of the Fantastic Four and She-Hulk and various other superheroes, including Spider-Man, who turn up uh, to have a big fight in New York with Talos, um, at which point it's revealed that Tara Tam uh, is actually a Skrull, but not a real Skrull. She is a Skrull who gained her shape-shifting abilities by eating a Skrull that had been transformed into a duck. Um which uh, is very upsetting for Howard. Um, so if you can tell from that, it is a kind of really fun romp through the Marvel Universe with lots of Marvel characters showing up and being used in very tongue-in-cheek, uh, in a very tongue-in-cheek manner. Every time Spider-Man shows up, um, he is being made fun of by Chip Zdarsky and it is um, very, very funny. Uh, um, I, I, I would say almost again kind of like the, the 1976 version of Howard the Duck most of the fun of this run is not in the plot although the plot is is entertaining but the plot is almost incidental to all of the stuff that's going on around him and it's not so much what Howard's saying here in like a satirical manner it's just the fact that Howard is interacting with all these characters in a very amusing way. Howard is funny in a kind of droll, deadpan manner, but what's almost more funny is the way that all these other Marvel characters are being depicted. Johnny Storm is uh, brilliantly deconstructed by Zdarsky. Um, there's a very fun introduction to Doctor Strange. Um, the the relationship between Howard and Rocket and Raccoon is really fun for half an issue. Um, and it's just really fun watching this character bounce around the Marvel Universe. It'd be kind of like dis disenfranchised by everything, but it's almost... It's Marvel satire rather than societal bigger issues satire. And it's really, really fun. And yeah, I, I don't feel like saying any of the plot here is spoilery because it almost doesn't matter. Telling you what the specific jokes are would be spoilery. Um, and I would just recommend that anyone who um, has kind of enjoyed some of the more comedic recent comics, um, I, every time I get exposed to like a current Marvel comic um, or a recent Marvel comic from the last couple of years, um, I've really enjoyed it. Like m more so than almost anything else I've been reading, like Hawkeye and Superior Foes and now this. Um, and that may just be because Seven James are recommending me the more those more of those kind of comics. Um, but 
yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, kind of up on the level of something like Hawkeye, but in a completely different way. Yeah, and, and so I'm totally in. And when this is eventually released in a, a trade paperback form, I will be buying it. And I think I'll probably buy Howard the Duck comics week, month to month when they resume later this year. Um, and on that point, I did actually, my local comic book store, um, OK Comics in Leeds, I went and picked up um, the one-shot comic uh, Howard the Human, which Seb and James had mentioned to me was a thing that was happening during Secret, Secret Wars. Um, this is uh, from Scotty Young and Jim Marfood. And um, is an issue set on uh, set on Battleworld, but in a world where all of the characters are animals, apart from Howard, who is a human. And Howard narrates this kind of hard-boiled noirish detective story, um, which includes a really, really fantastic Raymond Chandler gag very early on, um, where he is um, working for the Black Cat, who in this world is a Black Cat. Um, Kirk Connors is a lizard um, um, and Daredevil shows up as a blind mouse um, and it's mostly fun for these kind of animal puns and also that like how would the human in this world all he wants is an egg or bacon but none of that stuff is available in this world um, yeah just a, a really really fun quirky one-off comic um with a character who is central to the story, um, who is a possum called Pete, um, who I'm assuming is supposed to be a version of Spider-Man. I assume you just can do a big, uh, a human-sized spider, so making Peter Possum instead of Peter Parker. Um, yeah, really fun, and I would also recommend that as well. I, I didn't enjoy it quite as much as um, Howard the Duck. Um, I enjoyed the, the, the art style of the current Howard the Duck the most out of all of these three. I, I, I really like the new design of Howard. Yeah, basically, I thought they just, they just really nailed the look of Howard. Um, and uh, he works very well. Uh, with the Chip Zdarsky dialogue for some good vis visual gags in there as well. Um, so yeah, um, basically what I'm saying is I'm all in on Howard the Duck. I've read three different types of Howard the Duck comics in this past week and enjoyed them all. So yeah, I would highly recommend um, all three of those. But if you've got to read just one, I'd, I'd go for the Chip Zdarsky. Um, but that is it for this week. Don't forget that the next episode of Cinematic Universe will be covering The Incredible Hulk um, as we finally continue our journey through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, if you're enjoying the show, then please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM or your podcast app of choice. And if you've already subscribed, then please leave a rating or review and we'll give you a shout out on a future show. You can find more episodes of Cinematic Universe on cinematicuniverse.libsyn.com or as we're a Film Divider podcast at filmdivider.com. You can get in touch via Facebook, on Twitter at cu underscore podcast or send us an email to cinematicuniversepod at gmail.com. See you next week.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.